Hello and welcome into Sports Are Funny with Georgia Jour. Today's episode is with Vaughn DiCarlo. She's a stand-up comedian, author, and podcaster out of New York City. She loves sports. Uh, during this time of uh, all us being quarantined, we talked about that. Talked about sports, talked about mindset. You guys are really going to like this podcast. This went in so many different directions. Uh, you'll find out why she has her own Mamba mentality as a comedian. Pretty uh, interesting stuff, so you don't want to miss that. Check it out uh, before we get started with the podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at GJerjour. This episode is brought to you by Sports on Tap, which is SontSports.com. That's S-O-N-T Sports.com. As always, before we get started, let's get a quick word from one of our sponsors. Enjoy the episode. And welcome into the podcast. Today we have Vaughn DiCarlo on. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured it, it looked like it was pronounced how it's spelled. And uh, she's a New York-based comic, podcast host. Tell us about yourself and where they can find you for those who don't know who you are, Vaughn. Yeah, I'm Vaughn DiCarlo across all social medias. It's just my name, V-O-N-D-E-C-A-R-L-O. Um, or you could just go to grownafcomedy.com and get links to everything, my YouTube, my social media, all that jazz. Perfect. Yeah. And for those who don't know, uh, it's grown as, uh, stands for grown as fuck. I'm sure most people listening know that, but we, <laughs> we can, we, I was just making sure, you know, you can swear on this podcast. Yeah, it's not, but it's, it's um, not, not spelled out. It's the, no, I, I know. It's not spelled out on the website. It's literally grownafcomedy.com. Perfect. Because I don't know. I I don't I I can't remember. I think I probably tried to register. And when I get something, when I go out to get like a website, if I have a company or whatever I'm doing, I I get all the domains. Yep. And I don't know if that one was available or maybe they I, I don't remember honestly why why it had to be grown AF. Um, because it's there's no other podcast with that name or anything out there. I did all my research, I believe. <laughs> so <laughs> That's it. That's, that's the website. Great. For whatever so reason, I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, but no, it makes perfect sense. Uh, so tell what what is grown AF or grown as fuck? Uh, what are you doing with that? What's your goals with that? I know you're a comic. Just tell everyone, I guess, everything you do and uh, how how you got started. Well, so grown as fuck uh, podcast is a new podcast that I'm doing. I've been doing my other podcast, Coach Vaughn podcast for years, which is like, it's not, I don't want to say sports-based, but basically I use sports to anchor into like just life conversation, something that I've been doing naturally for years as a sports fan. Um, And that's the, you know, Coach Vaughn podcast, but it's just me and I never have guests. And I played around with the idea of having guests on it, but People who listen to that podcast like just having my stream of thought um, and it just being me. So I wanted to start a new podcast where I could have conversations. And, and at first I tried to do it as like bonus episodes and, and, and that didn't work out. So I, I started a whole new branding idea, Grown as Fuck Comedy. Um, one, because I just hate the sensitivity in society right now. Everybody's so sensitive about every little thing. And it, it's either you're extremely sensitive or you're extremely insensitive. Right. And I feel like I, I have a, the gift, uh, a gift from God, if you will, where I can <laughs> see everyone's point of view, um, even if it's not mine or even if it's it's something hurtful to me and be objective about it and I think that you get more out of people by listening learning and trying to have a conversation with people than you do just by attacking them or completely ignoring them so that's where you know grown as fuck podcast is just that I'm sitting down having conversations with people I mostly know comics so right now it's it's mostly comics and I feel like comics are really some of the most um 
honest people in the world. So why not start there anyway? And just have grown as fuck conversations without any sensitivities, being honest, without being insulting, and just right. having real different perspectives. And sometimes the sp- perspectives are the same. Sometimes they're not. Um, but just the the objective is to have a grown-ass grown conversation without everyone wanting to shoot each other or fight, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, and I I love that you said that because we are living in a society where it is like that. I mean, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or you're a libertarian, whatever it is, I feel like people are standing on their own mountain and shouting to the masses and really not listening to what anyone else has to say. And that's what people do. That's why I and I've I've been this way my whole life. I've always said that I don't I don't like debate like I was never on a debate club or nothing. Right. Yeah, I don't like people who debate. Um, even when I was younger, like because of my, um, way of thinking and my mouth and my courage to just not be afraid to back down and and say what I feel. Uh, I remember when I was younger, my sister, even to this day, they're like, you should have been a lawyer. It's like, no, I can't be a lawyer because I'm not going to fight for something just for the sake of fighting for it. I have to really believe it. And I think people who debate and some, some lawyers, they'll take a case and they'll know that their client is dead ass wrong, but it's their job to get them off. I don't have that in my heart. Um, I, I lean towards the side of doing what I believe is the right thing by myself and other people. So I don't think I would have been very good at that. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, my client's totally fucking guilty. He told me so like, <laughs> yeah, he murdered, he, mur- he murdered someone, but let me, let, let me tell you why you should not believe him. Even though I know he right. blood on his but, Like it's too hard. But I also am an extremely empathetic self-proclaimed empath. I'm, I'm a person and I can, I have the humanity in every single person on earth. So even like Jeffrey Dahmer, it's like, yeah, he's a horrible, horrible person, but he really believed he was doing this out of love. Like he really believed he needed to eat people and and to be their (laughs) soulmates. He's clearly mentally ill, but I see the humanity in his heart. He's wrong. I don't condone it. I don't think he's right. But that's just who I am as a person. I I love people. I can't stand people. They get on my nerves. And most of them are really fucking dumb as we're learning in this apocalypse we're living through now. I know. But I still (laughs) have that empathy in my heart across the board. And it's it's very exhausting, you know. So I guess that's I, I have that ability to stay objective and sometimes calm in the storm of an argument. Cause I know I'm not going to debate with you and I'm, I'm fine tapping out. I don't care. My ego has no, I'm not competitive and I must win. You know, I'm not a loser. I know I'm not a loser. I don't have to prove anything. And if all you're doing is trying to debate with me instead of listening and learning, you're wasting my time. So I'll tap out. You, you know what? You take the W I'm, I'm going to go talk to someone who actually wants to learn something and we learn something from each other and come to some type of, conclusion or just agree to disagree type of thing not oh you might agree with me but you're still going to just dig into me until your point is right even if it's wrong exactly well i mean i it goes to like one of my favorite sayings is most people don't want to get it right they just want to be right which is disgusting that's you know what people are dying right now as we we speak because we have that type of arrogance and and desire to be right in in high position in the United States, white off in, in the White House right now. As we speak, we have those issues are playing itself out right before our eyes, where people literally are dying, and it's like, oh, how can I include my uh, politics in this? Uh, and that's that's so so right what you just said, and we, this is why like. Yesterday we had, I have a big friend group on WhatsApp and I'm not going to name any names because I know a lot of them listen to my podcast, but we were arguing about politics, about who's right and who's wrong during this coronavirus. Exactly. So, and someone came in, one of my friends with a meme and it said, we're too busy arguing whether we're Democrat or Republican to remember we're human beings. And it's like, yes, that's the 
the whole point here. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, because at the end of the day, we're going through the hardest time our generation has ever gone through. And so instead of talking about our politics for a minute, let's, how about we just fuck politics for five minutes and figure out what we got to do to get better as a society? What I do know is everybody in that WhatsApp group chat who was arguing that point, what I do know, whether they're Republican or Democrat, they bleed the same blood. And if they need a ventilator <laughs> from the coronavirus, <laughs> the, the coronavirus don't give a shit if you're Democrat or Republican. So you gonna die too. So you go ahead and make shit worse. <laughs> go ahead. <Yeah. laughs> go ahead. The ventilator is like, are you, you're in the virus and stuff. Like you're Republican. Exactly. Yeah. Right, let, me infect, let me infect you real quick. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> Coronavirus has no it, politics, none. So go ahead. It, it, you sound stupid when you're doing that. It's exhausting. And that's what it, it people really are doing is. there. It's, it's, um, unprecedented amount of uh, very public selfishness from the higher ups and it's trickling on down into the world. And I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen right now. I'm just sitting at home like everyone else. I'm trying to keep my mind calm and, you know, not go too far or left or right and not meaning politics, mm -hmm. pardon the pun, but like left or right mentally, like, Oh my God, you can't see somewhere in between. Um, I'm going to do nothing and I'm totally panicked is, right. is common sense and good decisions. And that's where I'm trying to stay like right in the middle of, Hey, I can't ignore what's happening and say, I'm not going to do anything. But at the same time, I, I can't be completely panicked. Like the, there's lines at the hospital right now because people are panicked, not because they're sick. I've had a fever before right. in my life. Let me tell you one thing. If you are standing outside in a line to get into the hospital, you're not sick enough to be there. Go home. Exactly. Leave the beds for people who need them. That, Here's the thing. They're that, not going to get a bed. That's what's so stupid. They're telling you that if you don't have severe symptoms like a fever and shortness of breath, you mm -hmm. may have it. But 80% of people are going to recover without even needing treatment, like a, a regular cold or flu, right? So right. if you're standing in line, even if you have it, the result is going to be the same once you get into those doctors. They're going to say, okay, go home. They're not going to give you a bed because you got the sniffles. It's just, but people are panicked. I don't know what they're thinking. What, what do they think? They're going to get inside the hospital and they're going to go, oh, you have it. So we're just going to keep you. That's not going to happen. Yeah. They're going to go, now you have to go home. You don't have a fever and you don't need a ventilator right now. You don't have pneumonia. Come back when it's more extreme. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at some point you should just go on your Instagram, your Twitter and say all this because what you say makes perfect sense. And I feel like a lot of people don't have that common sense. They don't have that ability to take a deep breath look internally and say do i really need this right now do i really need to go to the doctor do i really need to leave the house do i really need to panic like most people don't have that i don't even know self-consciousness to look at themselves in the mirror and say am i overreacting but you know am what here's here's the problem and it, it like i said earlier in a different way about something a little different um, it's trickling down from our leaders. That's why you need good leadership to tell people what to do. And I'm not saying that everyone is going to listen, but I think it would be a lot more people listening if the information that is being released from our leaders from the White House down was more trustworthy. People are confused. People don't know who to listen to. I think that our, our New York leaders are doing very well, but that you can't just discount our federal government and what's happening at, at the White House either. So when people, uh, when, when good leadership isn't in place and, and something scary like this is happening, people start making stupid decisions because they just don't know. That's a good point. Like not everyone is, I guess, I, I personally look 
not calling myself like my leader, but I kind you're of my leader. Myself. You are my new leader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, so, so are you. I'm just going to listen to whatever you say. So like, cause this is working out right now for me. And I, I sometimes look at like, I try to make decisions based on like myself in a way like, all right, what would my, be my benefit of overreacting? Probably nothing. So I, I guess, but a lot of people look for leadership in other things. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. Charles Barkley said, if you back in the day, like if your parents are looking for me to, I'm no leader to be damn leader for my, their kids. Like I just never really looked for outside leadership other than obviously growing up my mom and dad who, you know, maybe that's because they're very level headed. I became very level headed. Mm -hmm. So I just, I've never really been a panicking person. I've, I've, I mean, I've grown a business here with the podcast and, our website, we have a sports media website, me and my brother from like, you know, we were making zero dollars for a year and a half to now we're making like, I never panicked for one day. Right. Like, I just have never been a panic. But everyone person. isn't I like that. Why. Kudos to you. But everyone isn't like that. I think a lot of people in our industry are are like that. So we tend to forget mm. that a lot of people aren't. Um, they don't have an entrepreneur yeah. mindset. They don't have a, the, they, a lot of people just don't. And, and I also, um, for people that do, you know, like you and I, they go, okay, what, yeah. let me do the most common sense thing, what's best for myself, that which would make it better for others, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. But when I say it trickles down from our leaders, the, not just knowing what to do, but part of the problem is I think people, people who are not, um, who are followers and need good leadership just need it in general, but everybody needs information, right? To make a good decision. Oh, so I think a lot of people, even if they don't, you know, they, they're strong and they're like, oh, I don't need leadership. It's still a lack of trust of the information that you're getting. So it's harder for people to make good decisions without the people who you feel like you should trust and believe that are your leaders for your land, right? Is giving out the information. Yeah. It's it, no one really knows. So that's a that's a great point. Yeah, it's a lack of information. Right. And when there's no information, it becomes really hard to make good you decisions. You just say you trust my information more than our president. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're reading a little more. <laughs> we're stuck at home, so we have we all we have is time to get some information. At I'm this really moment. trying to limit my intake um, because part of it is it's like you just get angry. You're like, what? What are you talking about? And why? Why are they still putting you in front of a microphone? Um, but at the same time, it's like I said, you you need the information. So you're hoping that maybe someone else that talks next has information. Maybe your your local government has information is really kind of all over the place. So my survival, like like you said, my own leadership of what's best for me kicks in. My common sense kicks in. And if we go back to the hospital example, right, let's use common sense. So let's say I think I have it for whatever reason. I don't have a fever and I, 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 I don't have shortness of breath, um, but I don't have enough common sense to say, hey, this is probably just my allergies or a regular cold. Let me just go to the hospital and see if I have coronavirus. Here's, here's the problem with that. If I don't have it, by the time I get out of that long ass line, I, I have it now. <laughs> yeah, you probably just got yeah, it. So, uh, hello common sense uh gods please rain down upon us you may not have it or you may have it the good news is if you do have it and you don't have these extreme symptoms you'll probably fall in the 80 percent of people that will recover without needing medical treatment the very second yep. you get a fever or you're having shortness of breath go to the hospital but other than that, I don't I honestly don't see the end game of people that are going what just to find out. Let's just assume we all have it. And let's assume if you mm. um, aren't extremely sick, that you'll probably fall into the 80 percent category that will recover. Right. And then stay in a house so that, you know, we can 
get past this with the best, you know, in the best amount of time, you know, by Easter, like Dum Dum said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Easter, the Easter thing just got me going. I was like, come on, just in theory, let's just say that Easter we would have been fine and everything is open again. Why the hell would we want to go to church with thousands of people <laughs> together? And if one person has to spark it re- up again, like it makes I'll no tell sense. You it this. Makes no sense. I, I do appreciate the, um, the cl- habits of cleanliness that will probably stick with hopefully the majority of people, because that was, that's one of the things that's like, wow, the coronavirus got people doing crazy shit, like washing their hands, you know? Wow. Hmm. I know that, that's so crazy that people wash their hands. Like I never thought about doing that before the coronavirus, you know, but here we are. So I, I I really do agree with that, though. It's like, at least we'll get some cleansiness out of this. Because right now, we had a society of slobs, if you really want to go look at how people acted outside. Yeah. So at least at least now we'll be a little bit cleaner. But I guess, how, how are you passing the time? Like, I, obviously, you say you have podcasts that has to do with sports. My podcast is mostly about sports. There are no sports. What, well, what, what are you doing to you pass know, the time? I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan, and the yeah, way the Coach Vaughn podcast started, um, it, it, I, I have no reason to know what I know. I, I was never an athlete, you know. I, I have like little stats. My intu, my, I feel like my intuition is better than than people's stats. Like I just feel like I know how to call a game because mm-hmm. I, I look at the athletes and I go, oh. I could feel the energy of this team is better. And I'm usually right. It's really yeah. weird. But well, you can see it in the eyes sometimes, right? I, I mean, like I'm not trying to like on my podcast and my brother's probably everyone like knows this who listens, but like I'm not a James Harden guy. But not because I don't like James Harden. I just feel like his eyes look scared in the playoffs. Like I, I right. don't know what it is. And it, I'm usually right, right about it. So I've I've always been like a trash talker of sports. I'm originally from yep. um, <laughs> outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, sports country. is more important than your education. Don't don't tell them I told you. That's a little secret. But <laughs> but they definitely care about <laughs> sports more than anything where I'm from. And I was just yeah, I grew up a sports fan in general. Um, and I leaned more towards basketball. I was just more attracted to that it's, that sport. Um, it just registered with me um, more than any other sport for whatever reason. But, you know, I'm not a sports journalist. I've never played any sports. You know, I'm not athletic at all. Mm. People think because I know a lot about basketball, they think that I used to play. I never played. I'm just a fan. Um, and like I said, my intuition is better than your stats. But <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> that that's a great tagline. My intuition is better than your stats. And people who follow me that's been following me for years know that about me because I like when Twitter first came out, uh, I used Twitter and I'm a Knicks fan. And that was yeah, I'm I know. sorry. Everyone is. The Knicks has had the <laughs> fucking coronavirus <laughs> before it existed. <laughs> Well, well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm a Seattle. Oh my god! Fan, like, how did so. that even happen? Uh, well, I, well, I'm from Seattle, so I grew up watching the Sonics, and now we don't have a team. So the coronavirus, like, if you say the Knicks are the coronavirus, we were the we oh got my killed god virus. We don't Jesus. Have a team. Well, I, I, you know, so I started just using Twitter to trash talk you know, Knicks games, I will watch the Knicks games and, you know, I would yeah. use all my Twitter trigger fingers to call the games. You know, I, that's when coach Dan Tony was with the Knicks. It's like, I called him coach damn Tony D A M N. You know, I would just be tweeting like put Nate Robinson back in, you know, like, you know, just, you know, cussing everybody out. And, um, that's another Seattle guy, that's, Nate, that's Nate exactly Robinson. That's exactly why so, I said Nate, fan. because I, I, I knew you would like that. <laughs> Seattle. Very, very aware. See how I did that? Um, and, yeah, like, um, and he's the same height as me, but a little more a, athletic. A little bit. He can jump a little bit higher. But, <laughs> little but bit. Um, yeah, so that's where the name Coach Vaughn came from, because people on Twitter started calling me that. 
in my feed. They were like, you know more than the coach, you know, Coach Vaughn, Coach Vaughn. So that's where it came from. And in, in terms of sports and just being a comedian, that's like roasting and trash talking and talking shit. That's just a way of life where I'm from. It's just something that I've always done naturally. It wasn't something that I planned out. And then it just kind of morphed into a podcast as podcasting became a thing in my life as a comic. Yeah. You know, what else was I going to talk about? But, you know, I'm also a very experienced woman that has been through a lot of different things. And eventually the, the Coach Vaughn podcast grew out of just me talking about the games and sports in general to using what's ever happened in the sports world, be it something that happened in the game or something that happened off the court and just using that to anchor into real life talk. Right. And people really enjoyed that. And it kind of took on a double meaning with my book because, you know, they, they were like, Oh, coach Vaughn life coach Vaughn. And then people started requesting like one-on-ones. So like on my website, you could get like a one-on-one with me and like, ask me, any questions or if and I'm not a life coach I always talk against that like I don't think I have the answers I'm just a good listener and I have um, people respect my perspective and I think it's because of the experiences Mm -hmm. that I have in life and also the fact that I have the ability to see a circumstance from a lot of different angles um which is a gift by the way it's not yeah I'm embracing it you know I for a long time I felt I hated that part of myself because I felt like it made me indecisive. I felt like it made me flip flop. And then I had to come to terms with, no, you're just empathetic to other people's point of view. It doesn't necessarily have to change your point of view at any point, unless you honestly and your soul feels like, feel like your point of view has been changed by their perspective. But just because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean you can't see the conversation all the way through and make them feel okay as a person. And maybe they'll let their defenses down and be able to see your point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And that's, and that's what's like, right, you are a comedian. You have a podcast. I'm going to ask you about your book here in a moment. But like in general, that's what makes you such a good communicator and be able to do these things. If you didn't have that empathy, you didn't have that way of thinking maybe your writing wouldn't have been as good maybe your podcast wouldn't be as good and maybe your comedy wouldn't be as good but since you're able to see things in different perspectives you can really be able to comment on every perspective and have right a and it doesn't form. like you said as a comedian it certainly helps to be able to read the room read the energy read the people um i i don't like using my powers for bad but you know <laughs> I, I i'm not a <laughs> I'm not. It sounds like a movie. <laughs> you can wake up one day. And I don't want to use my superpowers that. as a comic to really destroy you. Please stop heckling me, or you you will lose this. You know, I I'm not one of those. Like I don't thrive off of like destroying people in a heckling moment and all of that. I have the power and the ability, but I would rather not have to go there. You know, but at the same time, right. it's comedy is very organic. Whatever happens in the moment you address it and move on. And like I said, I don't, I don't understand um, why any normal person in life think in their mind, they're going to win that heckling battle. Um, I, maybe they just like abuse. I, I don't know, <laughs> but I really wish people would think that through. <laughs> I, know, I mean, you probably, I, I, I've never done comedy. I just, oh, I, I thought I've, you were such a, a big comic. Fan of co- no, no, never. I what I do, I just like this podcast. I have put out so many different comics because I think you guys are the we most are. interesting people in the world. You are so right. <laughs> and and I would love, I would love one day. Maybe the more I get doing this podcast and um, you know interviewing comics and stuff, maybe one day dip my toes in it. I know it's not easy because it looks like one of the hardest things to ever do, um, but. What's up with the hecklers? And I just don't understand that because I've gone to so many comedy shows, hundreds of them in my life. And it's like I, there's always that one guy and it's all he's always with either a group of friends or one girl he's trying to impress. And he wants to be the right. There's that. And there's also in my experience, what I've learned is 
they think they're funny. So uh, a lot of times it's like, <laughs> hey, um, want to be comedian? You, you're either it's been times where it's like they're either a comedian or they they're a want to be comedian. Like you said, like they just think they're funny and they're not. Um, but they're trying to be and they're pulling that attention. So if I smell that, I'll call that out and I'll just make it very clear that if you want to be a comedian, instead of robbing com- people, comics who have the courage to get on stage and mm. actually work their bits out and do it, instead of trying to rob their time, how about you grow a pair of balls and go to your local open mic and get on stage yourself instead of trying yep. to rob people that have the courage to do it. That usually uh, gets an applause. <laughs> yeah, and it should. Like, and like, like I said, like one day I want to do it because it looks so cool. But it's hard. What you guys do is you don't just go up there. You know, I I appreciate that preparation, the bits. You you'll see a comic. I've gone to like open mics and they come and do the same bit. It's always a little mm-hmm. different until they get it just perfectly right. And it's it's such an art form that people. It like, really is, I find it and fascinating. it's the least respected art form, I would say, because it, it, anyone think that they oh, I'm just like you said. No disrespect to you, but to your point, you're like I'll just dip my toe in and see. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead. Dip your toe in the shark yeah. tank if you want to. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, and no, I'll probably you, fail. I'm telling you the right now. The very second you toe. get on stage, you're yeah. going to know if you're a comic or not. The very second you're up there, yeah. you will know if you're a comic or not. And if you truly are not, please don't waste the stage time for those that really are. That's all I say to people. Everyone has a right to try whatever yeah. you know career path or desires and dreams that are in their heart. But the thing that I don't like about stand-up comedy is that that people can take advantage of it. And they're go- like, there's people that don't give a shit about stand-up comedy. A, a lot of this happens in LA. You know, it's, like, it's a place to be seen. It's a, a moment where you get up, you practice a little monologue or jokes or whatever. You have really no true compassion or interest in the art form of stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe you're a, a famous whatever uh, actor or... Or, mm-hmm. or Blake well, Griffin, but well, he's actually not I, too bad at it. <laughs> he's actually pretty good thing. at it now. I feel the, like here's he the thing. Re- I respect anyone. I'm not going to come down on you and say because you're a famous mm-hmm. something, you, you're not allowed to do yeah. comedy. What I'm yeah. saying is if you're using it and you don't give a shit about it, but it's like, oh, I can sell tickets because I'm Blake Griffin. Well, yeah, fuck you. But I truly I've 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 yeah. listened to him. I've I've heard him talk about comedy and I, I truly believe he respects comedy. And one of the things that he had said um He's aware that he'll get opportunities because he's Blake Griffin. Yeah. But he also said in in right. doing it, he really learned that it's not something that you can really do part time. It's something that he should probably concentrate on when he's retired from basketball and really be able to dedicate his time to really developing the skill. So when you have that perspective, you have right. to respect that person. I believe he's probably and truly in his heart, a stand-up comedian. Um, and I think that athletes are certainly allowed to have other interests. I think Damian Lillard is a great example of being able to, ex- he's a, yeah, if rap. he wasn't playing basketball, he would probably be the best rapper out right now. He's legitimately Yeah, he's good. really good for someone who doesn't, who doesn't use, I mean, he p- practices basketball all day, every day, and then exactly. raps on the side. And so I'm not going to say that <laughs> so. because you're a famous in another area that you can't respect, love, and do stand-up. I'm saying that there are people right. that literally just use and eat up those ticket sales, the stage time, and all of that just based on that. And then they're not that good because they're not trying to be that good. They're not really working on being that good. They're just trying to grab a bag, as mm-hmm. they like to say. And it's tainting the art form because people spend their money. They go out to, to see this show. And so for some of these people, it may be their first introduction in stand-up comedy ever. And it's a horrible show. And they're like, that's mm-hmm. what stand-up is? No, mm-hmm. but how would they know? They just went to go see this famous person. They this famous person who's just literally 
has one bit that probably he might may, right. may not have it goes for the same thing like with instagram famous uh co- comedians or influencers yeah. now there's some some influencers and and instagram comics that will come through and sell out a club and not even have 20 mm-hmm. minutes let alone an hour but there's some right. that come and they kill it because they were doing stand up before they landed whatever Instagram fame or social media fame. So you can't just go, right. you can, just like we were saying earlier, I, I have the ability to go, hey, I'm not just going to shut down and say, hey, all influencers and Instagram people are famous people that's trying to do stand up. You know, it's a wrap. I'm not going to support that. No, I have to look at it objectively and say, all right, what's your passion behind it? What are you working at? You could see when you get on stage, when people get on stage, you can see their work or lack thereof. You can see the level that they're at. You can right. you can see everything. It really does expose you. Um, and maybe the average person can't see those things because they don't they don't know the skill set per se. It just looks like we're up there talking. But other comics can see it. I damn sure can see it. So I I give people respect where respect is due. And you know, I mind my business otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love your perspective on that, and it's like you said, like some people, like it, you can. There's not one path to success with this, or in anything, right? Not just comedy in any walk of life. There's no one way to do it. But with you're gonna, you can tell who's actually putting in the right. work and who's and not. And that's in the work. why I said to you, you get on stage at an open mic or whatever. The very second you're up there, and especially by the end of that however long five minutes or whatever you do um you're gonna know if you're a comic or not in that moment and and if you are right then you will immediately know and accept the journey and the path and and for me um again sports especially basketball has always made sense to me right so if you um yeah like if i model myself after athletes like in my career right if i go okay like if, if it's true that ball is life, right? You have 20, right. You have 24 seconds on yeah. the shot clock uh, and then you reset and shoot again, right? Every shot doesn't go in. So if you, if you think about the greatest of all time, right. whoever that is to you, we'll, we'll go with LeBron. Um, okay. I'm we can argue Jordan, about that but later, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, for, but we, the, the point I'm making is for both, it goes with both of them. We've seen them both miss layups, miss dunks, miss threes that we've seen them not. They don't make every shot. Right. But that doesn't mean that you quit and go sit on the bench. No, even the the hundredth person off the bench knows that you reset. You you miss a dunk. Right. You. All right. So you go to the under, other end, play D block the shot, get the ball back, and then you go down the other end and you try to dunk again. And this time you're probably going to hammer it in, right? So I look at I look right. at that on stage. Like every, well, they say every 30 seconds you need uh, to get a laugh. I don't necessarily, you don't, everybody doesn't have to follow that rule per se. It depends on your style. But just for the sake of what I, the point I'm trying to make, yeah. let's say you have, your your shot clock is 30 seconds you so you didn't that that joke didn't land you didn't slam dunk that maybe it was a layup it got a couple of giggles or maybe it just bombed maybe you missed it all together so you got another reset Mm -hmm. you got another 30 seconds on your shot clock to keep working that out and that is your life long process that you have just accepted when you said to yourself, yes, I am a stand-up comedian. That will be the rest of your life. You don't get to a, there's no Dave Chappelle level where you go, oh, I don't need to work out anymore. No, Dave Chappelle too. You know, everybody. Yeah, he, you still got to go to the gym or you lose it, right? I mean, it's like LeBron James, you, he can't just go this off season and decide, all right, I'm not going to work out or work on my game at McDonald's all day. Yeah, you gotta keep refining and keep your body in tune. And for you guys, your your mic and your right, and that's why I don't. Tune, I guess is the best it way. Doesn't to put it doesn't shake me. Like people are afraid of bombing. They're, oh, they're afraid. Oh, I, I don't like working this new. I hate that. I'm like, no, I love it because 
when when something doesn't land, it's I'm learning something. I'm figuring it out. You know, usually when I'm working on something, usually the first time I do a joke, it kills. It works right away. Mm-hmm. Nine times out yeah. of 10, my instincts are good with what's funny. It starts to get shaky as I start to work it out. I'm like, okay, because my job as a comic for my own process is to try to figure out how to look at all the different angles. How how can I layer this? Is this right. just as is or is there other angles, other layers, other things that I could see? And as I'm working out all those different angles, everything's not going to land. But the good thing about that is I learn in that process what works and what didn't. And sometimes I go back to the exact original way I said it and then I keep it. Or sometimes I throw it away altogether. But without the process, how am I even going to know? So if I'm scared that a a joke is going to bomb and I'm going to lose my fucking stamina on stage, I'm probably not a stand-up comedian, right? Because I haven't accepted that process. Exactly. That's a very interesting way to look at it, though. Do you feel like everyone looks at it that way? Or is it something that... Okay, I was going to say, because this is... You seem to be very... That is absolutely my... My process, and I, I'm sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. I'm very in tune with what. As I was just gonna say, you with with your like, yes. where your head's at and at all times. And sometimes I do speak with the confidence that I've researched twenty thousand people, and everyone agrees with me. Hell no, this is absolutely my process, and and <laughs> even some comics that I say that to they agree with some points or they do it the same way with this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some people go, no, um, I'm trying to kill every time I'm, I'm on stage and I'm like, well, you're, you ain't really learning nothing. You're going to get stuck. You're going to be telling the same jokes 10 years from now and wondering why they're not working as good, but that's my opinion. Maybe it will still be working. You know, one of the things that I do as a comic that other comics I talk to think I'm crazy about is, um, I'll bomb deliberately. Like, <laughs> so I have this thing and it makes <laughs> sense to me. Some people are like, you're crazy. I would never fucking do that. But what I do is like, I have enough material, right. That I know works really well. Like it, every time this particular, this goes, boom, 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 it's going to work. Right. So I'll sometimes yeah. I'll get the crowd. I'll get them going. I'm da, 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 da. And having a good time. And then I'll deliberately bomb. I'll deliberately change the energy of the room. I'll deliberately do a joke that doesn't have a good punchline. I'll deliberately do that just to practice getting the crowd back. That's so interesting. Like, you literally, like, all right, you're almost like playing with your playing with the crowd like i'm gonna i'm gonna make you guys and it's here's the reason i do it and i will say i don't do this on like shows that i'm like getting paid for you know i don't play with people's money um this is in my workout rooms this is this is where you know no i don't do any open open mics mics and stuff um but i i do do like bar shows and stuff like that but i'm i'm saying i'm i'm not gonna play this game on a, a feature or headlining set. <laughs> I like how you call it this. I like how you know it's a game. It's a, you know, I'm not playing this game. Right. And the re- there's a I reason am. for me working that technique is because I will never. The, it's like we were talking earlier. I, I have a men- mentality of an athlete, but I'm not necessarily an athlete. If I don't practice, like if I don't work every muscle, then I don't have that muscle. So I, you can't, I don't want people to heckle me. That happens naturally whenever it happens. And then I work that muscle, but I don't, I already know I have the ability um, and I'm not going to lose my way. When I say lose the crowd on purpose and practice getting them back, it's just that because sometimes, and you, you may lose the crowd. You may lose the crowd after a heckler. You may lose the crowd Mm. because a joke that you thought always worked doesn't work. How do you get them back if you've never had to get them right. back? That that's I mean that is an extra level of preparation, right? I mean, not too many people look at it that way, but that that's actually genius because when which will happen, like you said, one day you might be on stage and it's not right. going the I'm way. I'm not going to panic. I've been here. <laughs> so 
you already know you've been here and you've been there on purpose yeah. and you really know yeah. what to do next. and i um i i have said that many many times and usually um i get the response of you're crazy i'm trying to kill every time i go on stage and i'm like i just don't i'm not that enthusiastic about i must kill for me i must develop i must i want to have really solid, well thought out comedy that is respected and funny and enlightening and all of these things. I'm not, I don't care. You know, even when, if I go in and I kill, yeah, it feels good. If I go in and I bomb, yeah, that feels bad. But overall, I'm winning either way because I'm developing something. I, I love it. I actually really love that mindset. And so not just for comedy, for anything in life, like you, you learn how to overcome an obstacle. Right. By creating and an again, obstacle, it's basically. not something that I do every time on every show. It's it's sometimes it's oh, of course. Moment, it's like, oh, OK, I could stretch here. You know, sometimes if I if I'm doing one of my work rooms or whatever, a bar show, it's like, okay, I, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not abusive to the crowd and I'm not abusive to the people that book me. And I, I put it in certain pockets in my set. Like I know, I feel what's needed and I give them what, what's needed. And then I, who, I think it's Colin, Colin Quinn said something one time. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, mm -hmm. but it's basically, um, give them, something give yourself something like you know what i mean like and i think he I was like, referring like to like jokes like tell jokes that you know they want to hear that they want that you know work but then yeah go ahead and work on a new bit D give yourself something or do a joke that you just think is funny that maybe everybody don't think but you enjoy it so much so you just do it right so it's like Give them something, give yourself something. Absolutely. So sometimes in that give myself something, that's what it is. It's I'm going to practice this muscle today, you know, and I just do it. That, that, that's, that's pretty remarkable. I haven't ever heard anyone say that about almost any type of thing. Like it'd almost be like LeBron James saying, yeah, I'm going to go miss a couple shots on purpose. You have to next, look up the next this two story. Um, it was Iman Shumpert telling a story about Kobe Bryant. Yep. And I, did you see this? Yep. I did not. You have to look it up. I, might have. I, I saw it recently. Was it? He was talking about um, when he was a rookie and he was having this killer game. He was like guarding Kobe. He was like filling himself. It was like boom, 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 boom. Just like, oh, I got a story to tell. You know, I'm, I'm killing it. And this is Kobe. And I'm a yeah. rookie. And I'm like all over this dude, right? And he said, um, uh, and Iman Shepard is a great storyteller, by the way. I'm not doing his story any justice. Yeah. Oh, he's. Uh, oh, yeah, I was. He's, he's actually really good. At yeah. So this, you have to look he's it up. Awesome. I'm not doing this story any justice, but it's to my point. So I'm doing my best with it. Um, but the gist of it is it, it fourth quarter came and he he said Kobe came up to him and was like, uh, you had a good game, kid. And he's like looking at the clock like it's a whole quarter left. What is this dude talking about? And he said <laughs> Kobe laid his ass out for the whole fourth quarter and put him right in his rookie place. So I say that to say Kobe did that on purpose. Yeah, right. it's like a rope-a-dope, right? Like Muhammad Ali used to always do. Like, all right, I'll, I'll go three, four rounds right. here, let you so get some confidence and come out of nowhere it, and knock In some aspects, you know, am I, was he missing deliberately? Was he not, was he letting Iman block his shots on purpose? Yeah, but he knew he could get it back. So I guess in the same sense, that that's kind of my, I, I just realized I have a Mamba mentality. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was getting, I'm, you're, I you're the Kobe Bryant comedy. Now, <laughs> you. Who knew I was Kobe? God damn. That's <laughs> right. Hey, you can have a mix. You're well, like the I honestly have a comedy. long way to right? go before I could claim those titles in comedy, but I'm working at it. You know, I do want to be great.
I want to be I'll great. claim them I for you. It's great. okay. You know, so and, don't worry and about I got it. a long way to go to develop that level, that high, high level of um, skill level of comedy. You know, so I ain't claiming those titles, but I will claim that I will claim the mentality and the work ethic <laughs> and the work ethic. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, exactly. That's one thing you got to take out of all like, you know, that story and Kobe and just in general, like, yeah, work and hard, the reason he had the confidence to let three quarters go and then kick ass in the fourth is because he's prepared. And that's all I'm trying to be. That's that's all I'm doing. And mm. my exercises and my techniques are mine and and what I do. And I don't expect anybody to just agree with me or go, hey, I'm going to do it this way. This is what she did, um, because that this is right. This is yeah. a very because it might not um, work for that person individual path of stand-up comedy because it's not like I'm reading jokes out of a book. My jokes come from my life, you know, so it And there's no like manual on like Yeah, right? pretty, no much, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, you, you need the <laughs> right. comedy community in a sense, but it is a very uh, one-man sport, yeah. but it's it's also right. a team because it's like you're not putting yourself on stage you need to get booked you need other comics that if you're at a feature level you need a headliner to bring right, on the road so it's it's a team but it's also very uh, individual at the same time right yeah, it's or like, it's like tennis or golf in a way <laughs> yeah or it's bo- more like bo- boxing <laughs> yeah more boxing it hurts a little <laughs> I love that. Well, one thing I did want to ask you about, Mm -hmm. we're almost an hour in here, is your book, right? Uh, So you wrote a book. Can you tell, just go ahead and tell us about the book. What were the lessons you're trying to teach? I know it's a lot about relationships and those are always complicated for obvious reasons. I I can't say that I was trying to teach anything. I was trying to honor the relationship that I was in. It's it's more or less a memoir of that 10-year period and what mm-hmm. worked, we had a very unique relationship out of the box, kind of um, out of the rule box lifestyle, if you will, that worked. And mm-hmm. it was just something that I promised him I would document. And I'm happy that I was able to do that. And people feel like it's life-changing information in that book. As far as the reviews, if you if you check it out, um, um, you it's it's on Amazon oh, yeah. and everything. I'm not sending out any it, all the print copies right now are kind of on hold because there's options on my website where if you do one on ones or or order the book, you could get mm-hmm. autographs and stuff like that. But uh, not during the Corona chaos. <laughs> um, but it is on Amazon and right. all the reviews that I ask people to put up. Um, when they read the book, I ask them to put reviews on Amazon um, because that's usually where people go to see reviews is on Amazon. So even if they buy it um, from right. my website, I ask them to do the reviews there. And, you know, if you read them, people are saying it's life changing information, which I appreciate. But essentially, the the book is grounded in truth and living your truth, being objective. A, a lot of who I am, um, obviously, you'll you'll feel and understand listening to these stories in the book. And it, I feel like I, I'm very happy and blessed that people do get a lot of positive energy and understanding out of the book to just live their truth. There's not a blueprint that says, hey, this is how relationships work. It's definitely not that. It's to say, right. hey, this is what I did to live in my truth without trying to put the light out in his truth and that was reciprocated back and forth and we had an understanding of each other as human beings and that actually fucking worked because if you you can't lie your way into a relationship you can't pretend to be something that you're not it's gonna come back at some point and then that relationship is gonna fail but people aren't courageous enough to live in their truth because they they like the person they want a relationship whatever reason they have they'll come into a relationship lying Mm -hmm. like one of the examples i like to give like women lie to get relationships like men lie to get sex right so it's like some women will come into a relationship and let's say the guy loves football sundays that's he loves it and the, the relationship is new. So she's like, oh, I love football, too. I'm yeah. wearing his favorite jersey. I got pigtails in. I'm making hamburgers and hot dogs for all his friends. 
But now you get this person <laughs> locked up into a relationship and all of a sudden football Sunday is stupid. You hate all his friends. Fuck your team. Let's go to church on Sundays. <laughs> and it's like, no, you lied. You were pretending. And now you got him locked into a relationship as if football Sundays is not going to be important anymore. Like you lied. So no, you get back in there and make hamburgers right. and hot dogs or this relationship should be over because you're a liar. So don't do that. And I think overall, that's what the book talks about is living in your truth and not um, being a hypocrite about someone else's truth. That's, that's very true though. Like, because we all like, I mean, we all lie at ha or have lied at some point trying to get into a relationship or men trying to get into sex or a relationship, right? Like you, I I'm sure maybe now you don't do it because you wrote a book about it, but there's been a point where you've gone on a date back in the day and you like, I really like this person. I'm going right. to agree with what they say so, or I'm going to act a certain it, way. That I hear I what you're saying. Act. I've always been upfront and honest, but here's the problem. Sometimes people lie to themselves. And, and when you're younger, you may not even know yeah. that you're lying to yourself because you don't know yourself yet. That's why it's very important to be alone and learn who you are before you can even be in a relationship. Because, of course, um, maybe it is not a deliberate lie, but maybe I'm on this date. I like this person. He's like, oh, I really love women who know how to cook. And I know deep down I'm not a great cook, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'll just practice and get better. And I'll have this relation. You when you do that, you're lying to yourself because, you know, you hate cooking. Now, if you love cooking, but you're not that great yet, you can just say right. that and eventually you'll get better because you have a desire for it. But if you hate it. You're never going to get better at it. And then you're going to eventually resent that person as if they made you do it. So it's really important to get to know who you are um, before you get into a long term committed relationship, because you you and, and when you're young, you're making these these discoveries along the way. So it may not be a deliberate lie. Right. Yeah, yeah. You may and, not, and I think you're not. always yeah, we grow are. and change. Oh, Lord, I'm exhausted. <laughs> 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 yeah no yeah i mean just people need to be more like you in, in relationships to be honest it's easier with you. I mean, said it's than just, done it's, it's easier a very said good than done i say everything life. as if it's so easy from comedy to relationships and everything across the board but i i am on record right now and everywhere in my life saying i know it's not easy. I struggle with all these things all the time. I need to read my book all the time. I need to listen to self-help audiobooks all the time. I need <laughs> to exercise the muscles of my brain to stay confident, to stay in, in the certain mind frames that you need to stay in, to do the things that you want to do and remind yourself that, to be faith-based and, and not fear-based. It's, it's exercising that muscle like an athlete. It's mm -hmm. all, it all falls under the same life will, if you will. That, that's a great way to look at it. And I guess the last thing I do want to say before we uh, finish up this podcast is I saw, you know, a clip on your Instagram <laughs> about like burning bridges in relationships. And I thought it was the funniest, like funniest way to get out of a relationship. Get, I just, okay. What, what's so that all that about? Was Have my you ever really done that? Just... Grown as fuck. <laughs> um, that when I do the grown as fuck podcast, yeah. the, it's a conversation, you know, it's very conversational and it's not, I don't give the guest topics. I just, sit down, I start talking to them and see where the conversation goes from there and just let it grow. And it, we can end up talking about Trump or we can end up talking about relationships. It, it's whatever that person is. And I, I, I can pull information out of people. I know how to talk to right. people as if I've known them for years. Some of the people on this show I have known for years. Some I, it was my first time sitting down talking to them, you know, and, and you can't really tell in between for the most part. Yeah. So with that particular episode, it was with Christina Hutchinson, um, and we just eventually started talking about relationships, and she was going through a recent, you know, breakup or whatever. So we started talking about relationship woes and relationship goals, 
And it just came up because one of the things that we do in relationships all the time is ignore red flags, but we're really not ignoring them so much that we're not putting them in our pocket to pull them out later. Cause don't we do that? Especially women. We're like, Oh, I don't, I hate this person now. (laughs) I don't like you anymore. So let me pull out all this stuff that I don't like about you and concentrate on that. Instead of what I've been doing is hiding that stuff from myself and concentrating on all the good stuff. So in the clip that you saw, it was a moment where I, I was like, I admittedly can be very weak if I like a person a lot and I want to be in a relationship with them. I can be very weak, but sometimes the red flags are so abundant that you cannot ignore them or you're just you're right. just disrespecting yourself. Right. But if but if I felt weak in some past moments and I'm not saying I would never do this again, I would hope that I could be strong. (laughs) But I have said, okay, I may be too weak that I will listen to this person's bullshit. So what I'll do is I'll make them not like me. So I'll say the most vile I'll use my superpowers, my roasting ability, my superpowers that I have Mm -hmm. um, that I don't even like using on on hecklers and strangers. I will use them personally to make you never want to talk to me again. And then that way I don't have to worry about being weak. (laughs) So you say you you're basically which if I'm getting this correctly let's say two people are in a relationship, you're almost to say you use your powers to make them almost break up. Not with just you, break so up. So you don't have to me. do it yourself. I'll break up with you. But if you keep pursuing me with the, I'm sorry <laughs> face, I made a mistake. Give me another chance in order for you to not have that desire. I'll make, I'll say something so vile that you don't want to talk to me. So I'll burn that bridge. So you don't have a bridge to walk over. Now, if you want to swim and the water underneath and come up I, I aboard like this. this train. <laughs> you deserve to have You can back. be my guest. <laughs> so for anyone who's ever dated, you're hoping they're not oh, listening. They know. So they, if they, they really want to try, they, 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 you'll, anyone you'll who's ever back. dealt with me in that aspect, they would know. But what's funny is after I feel my strength back, then I could be cool with you. I could be a friend. I could even apologize for the foul stuff that I said to you. And if you try to date me again, I'm, it'll bounce off of me because I have my strength now. So it's like, ah, whatever. That's hilarious. Beat it. Now we could be cool. You know, I go back to, I guess, being a kind person. <laughs> it's an awful thing. Right. So like I said, empathy, that's empathy, not empathy. A great thing to do. At the end of that clip, I did say she was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And I was like, No, that's mean. Don't do that. It's horrible. Don't do that. Yeah, Everybody, yeah, of course. But well, I actually think it's a great every idea. Every great idea <laughs> so, isn't a good one. So. It's not it's mean. Like I don't I don't want to be mean to people, but I mean, if if I have to, look, I what am I doing during during this lockdown? I am watching marathons of The Walking Dead. And I I think Rick and and Daryl and Michelle, <laughs> they're all good people. But sometimes you just gotta cut a motherfucker, right? You <laughs> sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Right. Um, <laughs> Once again, em- empathy. You find empathy in anyone. You'll find the good in because the the truth horrible of the people. Is that's that's, that's great. More power light to you. and dark within us. When within us, it's just what do we let take over us the majority of the time? We're all human. We all make mistakes, and it's just what it is. Nobody's perfect. That's it. That's Except a great, great, great word to and end I'm glad on. you're Nobody's cutting off perfect. the podcast so we can't argue uh, about Jordan. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, it was a pleasure. Now, no, LeBron is great, too. Like, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Like I said, I can, like you always say. Absolutely. Find, uh, but it was really, really nice talking argument. to you. If, if uh, Can I reiterate <laughs> to people who are oh, listening if they want to, you know. So, grownafcomedy.com. Yes. They could find a link to my book. 
They can find links to my social media, anything and everything that is me. Um, Grown AF Comedy, I do a comedy show um, at the stand. It's a monthly. So once we're back up and running in society, you know, if they're in the New York area, they could come to the show and and all of that. And I'm also on Hot Mic, which is live broadcasting for sports. And if you download that using the, uh, because it's invite only, so you have to use Coach Vaughn, V-O-N. As the invite code, um, that helps me out a lot, get my numbers up at at Hot Mic, and I'll be doing live live broadcasting once sports is back up and running. And that's it. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And... uh, we will definitely have Yay! and that's the podcast i hope you enjoyed that go follow vaughn on twitter and instagram check out her website she was awesome we had a lot of fun recording that and as always thank you for listening if you can share this podcast with as many people as you can we'd love to have more listeners check uh, check out my other podcast that being said with me and my brother sammy jarjour and as always Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gijarjur. Leave five-star review on iTunes and share with some friends. Hope you guys are staying safe. Thanks for tuning in today. Oh, thank you.